Hey friend, you can support this podcast by subscribing on your preferred platform. You can rate and review and leave a five-star rating on Apple iTunes. You can also share episodes on your Instagram or Facebook handles and tag Infertility and Me Podcast. And you can also follow Infertility and Me Podcast on Instagram at Infertility and Me Podcast. Thank you, friend. Peace and blessing. Have you been searching for a community that gets it? Join me, your host, Monique, as we get real about the emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual effects infertility has on its victims. Let's connect and heal together. I am one in eight, too. Thank you guys for tuning in to Infertility and Me podcast. I have Lucia Lambert with me. She is all the way from London, and she's going to tell us about her journey to motherhood, as well as uh, some services that her and her partner provide. She has a really unique journey to motherhood. I think you guys will really uh, enjoy listening to her and finding inspiration through her journey as well. So thank you so much, Lucia, for coming on this evening, your time, um, and just talking to us and, and making us aware about what you guys offer the community. Thank you so much for the opportunity. This is my uh, first podcast. <laughs> so I'm sorry if I sound quite nervous, but I really yeah, am. Fine. But I think it's really important to talk about it. And I think lots of women are doing this, what we are doing because of the personal experience they, mm-hmm. they went through. And mm-hmm. exactly the same for myself. I mean, I, um, I, was, I was born in Slovakia and I was raised in Vietnam. Okay. And because I look different, I'm half Vietnamese, but I don't look it. So okay. I used to get lots of attention and I became like a very wild child. I had a mm. great fun of a university and I never thought of having a baby. It's not something that crosses your mind when you are, you know, in your early 20s. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so I spend more time making sure I don't get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as it goes, I did get pregnant and I had to have an abortion. Okay. And it happened twice. Wow. So, yeah, I never really regretted it. Uh, but then I moved to London mm-hmm. and I met now my husband. And of course, I wanted to do everything right because in Asian culture, you can't have a child outside the wedlock. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my dad would have a heart attack. Oh, yeah. I hope he's sure. not listening still. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, so we did everything right. We got the dog, we moved in. We had a we had a small wedding. We had a beautiful honeymoon. I'm like, okay, now let's get onto it. Like, you yeah. know, um, I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, but it just wasn't working. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't happening. And you know, then you're thinking, is mm-hmm. it me? Is it because what I have done? You know, yeah. is this God's way of punishing me? Yeah. If yeah. anybody deserves it, it's probably me because what I have done. So your mind goes in overdrive. And uh, my husband, he had a similar past. So he also mm-hmm. got somebody pregnant and then just decided not to go through with it. Okay. And it's it's very difficult because I know that there are women who would do anything to have a baby. And mm-hmm. now I'm saying I had a couple of abortions and then I couldn't get pregnant. So probably it is my fault. Well, they don't know. I mean, we went to our GP. Okay. The local GP is NHS, which is a government uh, system that is providing the healthcare. This is how it works in UK. Okay. And they did some blood work. Everything was fine. And they just couldn't find out what it was. Um, so they diagnosed us with unexplained infertility, okay. which is, I believe, the, the, the biggest cause of infertility. 
there's only so many limited yeah. tests they can they can do they can do the blood work they can do the sperm check and uh, they can they can check the tubes but if they don't know then they just classify you as unexplained exactly and this is what happens to us so uh the gp uh said that we do qualify for uh, the nhs treatment mm-hmm. uh but it's gonna take a while mm-hmm. he's saying okay a year if you're lucky and then it can be more but mm. at that time, and I know, Monique, that you also wanted a baby in your 29, in your just mm-hmm. pushing the 30. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. it's this internal voice telling you, oh, you have to have a baby. You have to have a baby. Yeah. Come you on, girl. Baby. What are you waiting for? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have a baby. Let's have a baby. Let's do it. For sure. And, and I thought it's not affecting me, the, the, the big three zero, but clearly it was. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, if I saw a baby in a buggy, I couldn't trust myself. Like I was level this close of taking the baby, like you are mine. How bad is that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and then we went to uh, a private clinic. Okay. They done again the same test because they needed to have their own test. Uh, we by this point we already spent a couple of thousand pounds. Yeah. And we didn't even get to the treatment itself. Right. And we didn't know if it's going to work. So I was in tears. I didn't want to remortgage the house, but I really wanted a baby. So the relationship with my husband, and I think it happens to so many women. Mm-hmm. They just went, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was it, it gets was tested. So bad. Yeah, it gets it's tested. very tested. It's, yeah. it's and I don't know if my husband wanted baby so bad, but he just saw me in pieces. So I couldn't watch TV. If mm-hmm. there was an advert about pregnancy test, mm, yeah. you know, yeah. if if there was a scene, somebody got pregnant, oh no, no, no. So mm-hmm. what he used to do, which is quite funny now, he used to pre-watch it. And then if he saw that there is nothing, no ads, or skipping the ads, fast forwarding, then yeah, I was, was allowed oh, to Oh, that's it. so sweet. Yeah. yeah. But it got really bad when we got an announcement from friends. Yeah. Who didn't plan to get pregnant, you know, just went yeah. to a nightclub and kiss some, somebody randomly <laughs> uh, yeah. in, in the figuratively, figuratively you guys figuratively <laughs> yeah and then they tell us oh da, da, here we are you're yeah. a baby and I'm like I could have really really tried to hold myself but then I end up in a bathroom just sobbing mm. just sobbing yeah. but then again yeah. that voice oh you deserve this you did it to yourself you know somebody deserved it to you and I don't think that's healthy the self-blame no, not at all. I agree. It's it's totally unhealthy. And but you know what though, um, um, women do a lot of comparison anyway with each other, and so it just it becomes amplified once you get to the point where you want to have kids and you can't, and you know that there's a medical reason why you're not getting pregnant. Yeah. So we just we just make it worse on ourselves. You know, we start with puberty and comparing ourselves with one another. So it just continues on into adulthood until we heal from it. And um, it can make the journey very lonely and. And all mm. those things I'm sure you experienced. And mm. um, I didn't have but one friend who got pregnant while I was in my journey. I didn't have very many friends. So um, I didn't experience jealousy with her, but I didn't go to the baby shower either. So, yeah. you know, somewhere in there, I was like, mm, I'm, not, I'm not pressed to go. You know, I'm not rushing to go over there. So, yeah, it's um, it's just a really lonely journey. And yeah. And that's exactly mm. what you what it is. Like you said, yeah. it's, it was just so lonely. And I don't know if I was living in denial. I or I, I did have an access to internet, obviously, but it, I never in a million years thought that there is such a big community 
I mm-hmm. felt so alone. Yeah. And I don't want to say that my husband wasn't there because that's not true. He did. He was. He was there for me. Of course, he was. But it's not the same. It just. It just isn't the same. And I felt like no one could uh, could understand me. Well, you know, there's a special kind of sisterhood when you connect with other women. Oh my God. And yeah. you know, our spouses cannot be everything to us. Yeah, it's just unrealistic. And yeah. there's things that you want to talk about and express in a certain kind of way that if you did it with your spouse, yeah. it would take it personally. And they yes. would, would think that they are lacking some kind of way. Yeah. And so you need that. You need female companionship if you're a female. You need it. And, and you know, when we were telling our friends that, you know, we, we are struggling to, to conceive and we are diagnosed with unexplained infertility, he is a typical man. Oh my God, he's going to listen to this later. <laughs> he just made a point that mm-hmm. he was telling everyone, oh, I'm not the problem. I had my, my, my sperm mm-hmm. checked. I'm not the problem. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I mean, nobody asks. I don't really think that anybody cares. But mm-hmm. I think his manhood got a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, he just didn't, he wanted to feel like, he wanted everybody know that he's fine. Yeah. The male ego. It's a very fragile yeah, system. It's very, very, very fragile. <laughs> it's very fragile, you know. And, um, I, you know, I, I had, I felt the same way going through it. And I think that I would have rather it had been me because I don't know that all men can handle having a diagnosis like that. Really? I'm, I actually, I was, I was convinced it was him. I, you know, there were there there was one one day I was convinced it's me, then I was convinced it's him. You okay, know. I see what you okay, mean. you smoke too many cigarettes. Oh yeah, yeah, one too many extra drinks. Why don't you go for a, a diet? You know, go for a run. You know, all right, those things. Of those course, things. Of yeah, course, for sure, of course, for sure. We all. But I would blame it to anyone. Yeah, <laughs> just look. But you know what thing? The thing is that you're just looking for answers. You know, you're just looking for answers. And yeah, did it. And it yeah. did. You know, in the very beginning, a lot of times we don't care who we blame or yeah. deliver the message, you know, and we, we, we all make those mistakes, but we grow from it yeah. and find a way to work with our spouses and to have honest conversations without mm. pointing the finger, you know, it takes time mm. and it takes work though, too, because yeah. we're two different individuals, two different species, you know, yeah. in, in a heterosexual relationship. Mm. So. Mm, absolutely. Uh, and I, and I, as I said, I was feeling alone and I felt hopeless because I couldn't afford the IVF. I didn't want to wait. What yeah. can I do? And then my best friend in Prague, so she lives in Prague, Kaska, mm-hmm. she told me she's going through the same thing. She wow. was telling me their journey. And I was like, how is it possible? She, we were in the same high school. We, were, we sat for four years next to each other. She was the maid of honor on my wedding here in the UK. And the same thing happened to her. Wow. And, you know, I'm thinking she is so healthy so fit so young so beautiful why her she never had an abortion why her but i think it's just more common than we think yeah and and then when she was telling me her story how much it cost in prague i'm like hey you know i can't afford it here but you know i could save up maybe i could afford it over there in prague Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i might need a help you know i might need you to help me with a ticket you know what to do what not to do you know could you come and pick me up you know, could, could you just take me there yourself? Um, so I just know the environment, have a chat with, it, with mm-hmm. the doctors because I didn't want to feel like I had to be pressured into doing something. Okay. And she just made it so easy for me. You know, she speaks the language. So she right, helped and arranged right. everything for me. And, you know, that's what we did. It was 60% less than what it would be here. Wow. We, we went one time. So we started the stimulation and all the process here. 
mm-hmm. and which is an online pharmacy. You just start injecting yourself and go for the baseline scan. Mm-hmm. And they tell you, okay, now book your ticket and come, come to come to Prague. Okay. So we went there and uh, I got a trigger shot. They collected the eggs. Mm-hmm. There was one embryo uh, form, which which made it to the you know uh, mm-hmm. stage. And her name is Allegra now. Oh, so yeah, she's two years old, and she her name is Allegra. Yeah, so we've been there for five days. Yeah, she's gorgeous. And I, I, I actually wanted to call her Prague, but my husband. <laughs> <laughs> no, but her name is so beautiful and it's so different. It stands out like your name, Lucia. You don't see Lucia too often either. That's, that's yeah, I think it's quite that's really beautiful. So tell me how it felt getting that positive pregnancy test after everything that you got. Oh my god, tra- I didn't want to get. I didn't want to get happy, you know, because you're always constantly worried. Is something going to go wrong? Is something yeah. going to go wrong? Go wrong? And. Yeah. I just didn't want to go through the disappointment. So I think for the first three months, I was like, and then after three months, I started getting excited. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the pregnancy was all smooth. There was no issues with the pregnancy. Nothing. Delivery was textbook. Wow. But we only had one embryo. Yeah. And I was really worried that one embryo is not going to make it. It's not going to implant or it's going to be issues. But that was not a worry. And um, we will be going back. Okay. uh, But it just, it just, it just matter when. Um, yeah. Of course, we'll try naturally. I mean, the trying is the fun bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. if if we can, we will go to Prague and we will do it again. That's it's a wonderful. shame that we don't have anything frozen. We will have to start a, the the process mm-hmm. from the beginning. But you know, I'll I'll, I'll be okay. I'll yeah. be okay with it. She and was looking a, forward to see the Prague. Yeah, again. and then she was a fresh transfer, right? She wasn't. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was one embryo. Yeah. First transfer. It was just all the stars were aligned. Mm-hmm. and that's why I feel so lucky and blessed and I, I know I speak to women who had multiple miscarriages you know who went through an adoption it's, things, yeah. and I feel so lucky and blessed because I don't know if I'm as strong as those other women I'm speaking to they are so strong mm-hmm. I don't know if I would be able to to go through what they yeah. went through I understand I, I, I don't I don't think I have it in me I'm I, I, I don't know yeah. I admire them. So you don't know until you <laughs> something how strong you really can be, yeah. you know, and and how much or yeah. or really how passionate you are about getting yeah. to you know moving forward with your fertility journey. Yeah. And I'm in the same boat like we want to have a second, but I have to start all over. I don't have anything frozen either. Oh, we, did don't. Fresh, we did fresh okay. like you guys. And so uh-huh. it was a one hit or quitter, you know. If it was going to work, it was going to work that time. If it didn't, then we had Just to do a fighter. It. Exactly. And so he was my big, my, my, my big fat positive was with my second egg retrieval. And um, okay. so, you know, my, my case is like yours, not as devastating as some other people that we come into contact yeah. with. Speak to. So yeah. And he's uh, three years old now. Yeah. He's boy. three now. Yep. He's three. He's a big boy wrestling all the time all over me. So, you know, is it, is it good age gap if I, if I might point? Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I always envision myself if I had more than one, I said they would be at least three to four years apart. So yeah, my body's doing, you know, I had some things checked already and then I had some more tests I need to do, you know, to look at the tubes again, because it's been, a yeah. couple of years, you know, how yeah. But I always believe you have to be healed first here. Exactly. You know, and your exactly. body as well, but it's, it's, here it's equally it's as important and lots of people neglect it yeah um, I definitely got and I think lots of people doing it including yourself have some sort of post-traumatic stress mm-hmm. from this mm-hmm. and this is your way to heal and this is mm-hmm. definitely my way to heal what I'm doing now what I'm trying to do with my friend Katka so mm-hmm. her journey was 
little bit different, but I'm sure she will love to come and talk about it herself. She also blamed herself, but she didn't have an abortion, but um, she neglected her body uh, in terms of food, and she always had an expectation how she should look, and she believed she done damage to her body. Uh, And again, but I'm going to leave that to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So when did you guys come up with the idea to start the, because your your company is like a boutique company that helps people navigate Yes. Getting treatment internationally, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. I mean, we call it baby birth. And obviously, I thought it was a brilliant <laughs> idea. I mean, you know how birds go to different mm. countries to nest, you know, to get a little offspring. So you also have to fly sometimes to a different country to, yeah. to get your little... Gotta do what you gotta do, right? (laughs) Yes, I thought it was quite funny, but I don't think many people understand that. So I'm thinking maybe the name is not very fortunate, but I really like (laughs) it. (laughs) So yeah, we had this idea in January and it took us a while to put it in place and just put everything in working because at the beginning you have this vision, okay? I want to help. I want to help women. I want to help. Mm -hmm. I want them to get the help I got. but then I just didn't realize how much backwards there is. You know, suddenly yeah. I need to learn about how do I download a video from YouTube and how do I put it on Instagram? Those things. Mm-hmm. A different <laughs> side not, of business than you're exactly, used to. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would just, it's, you know, obviously nobody doing this is there for the money. I mean, exactly. You know, there is no money. I mean, yeah. we are lucky if we break even if, which is a big question. Mm-hmm. But as I said, it's a way to feel. And if I can help one woman, I'm happy. Oh, couple. Yeah. Just, I don't want to woman or man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So yeah. what is you guys' vision um, for reaching more citizens in the U.S.? I, like uh-huh. I said, I do know of quite a few people who have looked into international uh, yes. relief treatment. Yeah, I think there are, there are, there are a few yeah. right now, but the circumstances are changing every minute. So because obviously the COVID uh is happening and it's, it's right. a big issue it's a big problem for traveling for any sort of travel I think just having that extra person in Prague who is actually physically there is a great help imagine okay you travel from US and you got stuck in Prague but you really have to go to Prague because sometimes you don't have that year you don't we can't mm-hmm. wait a year because your booty doesn't have that year yeah. and you are stuck in Prague she is there she can help with anything and everything with the COVID test with grant plane tickets discount on hotels what to do you know we will arrange a free pickup everything that you want what we what we can do and uh, we're not charging clients anything because I just feel like there's so much money they have to spend just trying to get pregnant I mean how could I in how could I possibly ask them to pay me I don't know two three four five hundred pounds if those those people don't mm-hmm. have that money, you know, and if yeah. they have it, I'd much rather them to spend it on extra, I don't know, uh, some, some, some treatment that will help them with inflammation, whatever that might be, you know, yeah. or just even have a nice dinner as a couple, because surely that helps as well. Oh, for so sure, I can't, for sure. I can't, I can't possibly imagine charging them anything. So the way we thought what we will do, we'll charge the hospital. You know, yeah. they have the money, you know, they, Clinic, they, they yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're making money at the end of the day. So that's who we're going to charge. So our services are free. We don't charge the couples anything because I just don't think that's right. And, you know, if somebody just wants to have a chat or compare the prices and don't even want to go with us, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it doesn't cost me anything to find out that information for them and help them. Of course, I will do it. Of course. 
Yeah. You know, money is not the most important thing when you're doing something like this. Otherwise, you wouldn't be yeah. doing yeah, it. It can't be because then you'll lose the passion for it and then yes. you won't yes. survive, you know? And, yeah. And being of service is different for everyone and it looks different yeah. for everyone, you know? But like you said, the same information you provide, they can they can navigate it themselves, but it would just yeah. be more difficult and it would take a lot yeah. more time. A lot and more just, time. Yeah, a I lot think more time. journey should be easy. I think what they as should much worry about. Yeah. yeah, when they're in Prague, I want them to worry about what dress I'm going to wear for a dinner with my husband. You know, this restaurant yeah. has been recommended to me. This is what I want them to worry about. Yeah, this I think is really beautiful what you guys are doing because when I found out when I and I looked at you guys' Instagram and stuff and all the information that you sent me through email, I was like, this is incredible because people I, I know for sure I've seen multiple people ask me questions about um possibly going overseas yeah. and I've seen it and so yeah. it's, a, it's a real thing that people are looking to yeah. do when you know yeah. once COVID is under control yeah. or maybe somebody's listening in there in the UK you know and they want to travel yeah. so and the and yeah. the good thing is that you can you you only literally need to do one trip you know all the all the medication everything can be arranged from U.S. so you gotcha. will start the process in U.S. and you'll take one trip that just makes it so much easier especially when you're coming from U.S. It's yeah. not like you're coming from UK, which is a two hour flight. You're committing that seven, eight, nine, eight, yeah. eleven hours yeah. Yeah. on the on the plane, which is not ideal right now. Yeah. But you know, it can be done. And I think it's just the couples they need to consider if they if it is worth for them and how much they want it, if they can wait, can they not wait? Mm-hmm. And obviously there is no pressure for everybody. No. I felt like I don't have a year. I I feel like I don't have a day. I know, extra day yeah, i'm just like you man <laughs> it's crazy i, I feel like my dna is being rotten like a <laughs> and i'm living you know two eggs in a minute we just put so much pressure on ourselves and i was going to ask you is there a specific hospital in clinic that you guys work with or can you yes. help them with more than one we can help with more i mean we work with one and the idea is of course i can help with any i mean i'm not gonna get any 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 money from the hospital but only the one we work with but that's fine i don't i don't i honestly i don't mind but the reason why we are recommending the hospital is because i can't recommend a hospital i didn't try myself Mm -hmm. i mean how can i how can i possibly say okay go to this hospital because on a paper they say that the success rate is this and i heard that their service is really good and you Mm -hmm. know they're going to look after you from it i don't know that right i just wouldn't it just it wouldn't sit right on my conscience i can tell them my story i can tell them this is the coordinates that i was assigned to these are the questions i would i would ask if i if i was you if you need anything extra please let me know you know if there is a delaying conversation with the hospital sometimes that happens especially now because of the covid lots of hospitals are cutting back on the coordinators on the doctors because Mm. they don't have that much inquiries so we have a contact directly with the uh, with the uh, with the director of the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, I have her mobile number. If anything, I'm just going to ring her up and say, "Hey, I need this information now because this couple is waiting, and it's unfair for them to wait. If that is supposed to happen, then we can act on that as well." It's just back to communication, if you if you know what I what I mean. And also, the language helps. Yeah, you know, I mean, everybody speaks English in the hospital, but just sometimes little. You know, in in their native language, yeah, of course, of course, course. always. So, what's the extra security? So, what could someone expect if they wanted to get in contact with you guys, Mm. your service, your concierge services? Mm -hmm. What could they expect? I guess the first three steps would be, besides, of course, 
uh, I know probably one of them is getting your the medical records and can yeah. you give us like a, a, how that looks when you're first starting out yeah I mean I would just try to find out who they are as a people I mean mm-hmm. you know I mean if they don't want to tell me obviously I will respect that if you just they just want to get into facts and medical but I would really want to know their story and I would want to share my story and of course collecting those medical nitty-gritty that that's the easy part but mm-hmm. understand what they really want if the couple tells me okay I really want to make just one trip and I only have that much savings, but it has to 100% work. Is it worth for me to go right now or should I wait? And I would honestly say, if you can wait, possibly wait. Mm-hmm. If you can't wait, just just go and do it. You know, it depends on the circumstances. So I will just give my personal advice and my personal story and, and just tell them how, how it went from A to Z, which I can right. say on the, I can't say on the podcast because right, of can course. say for, for so long. Yeah, for too long. Yeah, that's wonderful, Lucia. I I really mm-hmm. admire what you guys are doing. Yeah, and and servicing and giving back to into um, the fertility space because it is such a difficult journey to navigate. Yeah, and, it's it's so yeah. important. And I I wish I went online when I was going through this. I I really wish I went online because I was not the yeah. only one suffering. And I don't know why it didn't even hit me. I was just in such a denial that I'm the only one that is happening to. Yeah. it never happened to anyone before yeah you know I, I when I was doing IVF in 2016 I checked on Instagram and things like that and the community back then was nowhere near as large as it is now mm. I think you know within like the last two years it's become really a lot bigger mm. and a lot more common even though it's still quite taboo you know but um but do you feel like everything is amplified on the internet Meaning, okay, you, you you can get jealous when one of your friends tell, friends tell you they got pregnant. Yeah. But how jealous do you get if, you know, the women you've been in communication were going through the same thing and suddenly they tell you they're pregnant and one after one after one. And these are strangers, but you somehow get so close to them mm-hmm. and everything is amplified. So I think it can have a negative impact yeah. as well. Obviously, you can unfollow, yeah. but it must be so hard. It, 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 it definitely is. And... Um... And I don't know, you know, it just, it's such a delicate balance with social Mm -hmm. media and being connected to the community online like that. It's a very delicate balance. And I think everything in moderation, you know, and tuning out when you need to tune out, logging out when you need to log out and mute because you have the feature of muting people, certain accounts for a little while until, you, you know, you can get yourself together emotionally yeah and so I think Instagram is good for that because they have recognized that people need that yeah time away too as well and I encourage people to always like put downtime on your phone settings yeah a lot of times uh, well most of the time my setting is set for eight o'clock my time so by eight o'clock my time it may be five o'clock in California but I'm already logged out for the day yeah and so that's great that's really good Uh I think if we do things like that it becomes more manageable and then Sometimes I've seen women just take breaks. They'll they'll go away uh-huh. for two or three months if they're not in the middle of a cycle and they're not sharing right yeah. now. And they just need a break because they've seen a couple of other friends, fertility friends come up, yeah. like, you know, so yeah. you gotta know when enough is enough for you and, and, and take breaks, especially now with COVID because yeah. we're getting ready to go into winter time. And so we're going to be hibernating more now, you know, yeah. we may not be able to always get outside as much. And so it's yeah. going to be really important 
um, over yeah. three, four months too. And I don't know if you have that as well. I mean, um, for me, it's really difficult to turn off. So I think what I will, that's yeah. what I will do because I'm talking to these women and every time they tell me their story, I'm kind of reliving it. Even though my story was relatively easy, I, I, I feel that pain. Yeah, and I think it's that's the empathy that you have for them, though, you know. But I think, I think, mm-hmm. I think that you are right. You just need to sometimes, okay, only from here to here, because, I mean, you have your three-year-old boy, I have my two-year-old girl, and then I want to do what I what I decided to do. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm thinking, okay, she's so little, she needs me as well. So I want to justify that I am wanted and I'm needed, and this service can mm-hmm. help somebody. Then it's worth yeah. me doing. Yeah. We got to take breaks too. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so, yeah. so hard because you, uh, because at the beginning start, of the journey, I think. Yeah, it's so hard. You've been doing it for a while now. Yeah, almost. Um, it's about 10 months now. So it'll be a year okay. in November. And it took me a long time to, to, to make myself turn it off. And, yeah. and, um, and just and just know when to know when to log out, you know. And I I set the downtime for my phone from eight p.m. to nine a.m. And so when I get up or first thing in the morning, it's not the first thing I go to, you know. And then mm. taking, taking breaks throughout the day, I'll get on for an hour in the morning. And then if I make a post, I'll get on for an hour, and then I might get on for an hour before my downtime starts. And so just really modifying your time for yeah. social media is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's been. Do you, do you feel the guilt? I do sometimes, but then I remember that I'm not the only one out there helping. Yeah. And there's someone else that can help someone when they need it. And if they really it's want beautiful to help community, very supportive. Yeah, it is really supportive. And so, um, you know, everybody, we all have lives outside of it. You know, we, we all have lives outside of it. Even, even those who are still suffering in the midst of it right now, you know, and I'm a lot stronger than I was going through it the first time. So, you know, mm. I view things a little differently. I'm sure you do too. So, mm. Um, yeah. our pain is not as is, is my, it's not as magnified as a lot of the people we mm. have contact with too so that yes. makes a difference you know yes and I, I feel blessed uh, I feel blessed I yeah. I hope I can make a, a difference for for someone yeah for sure for sure and you, you definitely are thank you I appreciate that so much you yeah know. it's such a such an interesting lineup of guests that was going through it and <laughs> I think just everybody was this side was so interesting <laughs> <laughs> but um Oh, so give us your Instagram handle for everyone to um, connect with you guys and, and learn more about you and course, maybe possibly message you. Of course. Uh, so the Instagram handle is uh, babybirdivf and the website is www.babybirdivf.co.uk. There is my personal number there and, uh, and our email address as well. So whatever way is the best, just please get in touch and hopefully we can help you. And I'll make sure that it's in the show notes. And so you oh, guys can you. just tap and go and get all of the information that you need with Lucia and her partner and their concierge services for international fertility treatments. And thank you, friends, for listening today to Infertility Me podcast. Peace and blessings.